Imagine the roller coaster ride of emotions. You bury your best mate at 23, you're part of an AFL Premiership team four days later, you're forced to retire after just eight more games because of recurring knee problems. Welcome to Clay Smith's world. Welcome, Clay. Thanks, mate. That's a lot happening for a young man. You just yeah. turned 26 to have all that behind you now. How are you coping? Um, been better, but not too bad. Um, been a tough few months, I think, since the season started this year. I didn't quite knew, know I was going to miss it probably as much as I am right now, but um, I guess that's part of the learning curve and, and finishing at an early age. Do you miss, what, what do you miss most about it? Do you miss being out on the ground or the, 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 the dressing room banter? What is it? Probably the thrill after, after you win a good game, once you walk off the field and just a pure enjoyment, that and the locker, locker room, mm. which is, you've spent a fair bit of time in the locker room during the week and it's a fair bit that goes on and it's probably part of the main cause in there. So. Well, your mate Bobby Murphy, a mate of ours here at Fox, he says he used to bounce off the walls at training. Yeah. Oh, so you're a very emotional young man, but when you were up, there was no holding you. I was known for having probably too much energy at times, but mm. um, I think that's sort of they come to terms and that was just the whole part of me. You got you got it all, you got you got none at all and that's just how I live my life, I think. I know you lost your mate in 2016 and that's literally life and death, but there's a grieving period when people lose their footy career too and it was so you were at such a young, young age. Did you, did you cope or are you coping? Um, the first f probably three or four weeks post-announcing, there was a bit of relief um, because it was, I sort of heard it in January. And, um, this is the knee that the knee, let you yeah, down. So yeah. I probably had one of my better pre-seasons that I'd ever had and was flying. I was honestly, I felt the best I'd felt and was probably ready to put the 2017 year, which I didn't probably had the greatest year and ready to have a good 2018. And um, we had a couple of camps, or we had a camp in Torquay and um, performed well in, in the tests and went to Malulabar and I heard it there and just had a clean out when I got back and it was only supposed to be about five, six weeks and I was supposed to be back on the track. But from that clean out, I never did another main session. So for about five months, I um, spent my time on the sideline just with the rehab coach and I tried to get it right and it sort of felt good for two weeks and then I'd, I'd try and upload, I'd try and increase the workload and had to sort of give way to about six or seven Ks and did that for a fair few months and it got to the point where nothing really worked. We tried a lot of things and probably myself, I knew in my own head that probably a month before that, that I was, I was done and I'd probably told a couple of close people and had a few conversations and Walked off the track one day, halfway through a session, I knee gave away again and um, actually walked off and I was in tears and Woody come up and put his arm around me and I just said, I think I'm done. Uh, Eason? Yeah. 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 So you see so you had three ACLs repaired yeah. and two, two clean-ups. Two clean-ups, yeah. yeah. And did, did they ask you to sort of just wait and be a bit more patient or did you know that that was it? Um, yeah, so I think once I made the call, there wasn't too much to fight back. They, they could see the pain I was in for mm. the last three, four months of thinking I was getting close to being back mm -hmm. and then being so close and then falling back a week, building back up and it just sort of was just that roller coaster of emotion of me being thinking I was back and then so um, once it finally did, I think there's a lot of relief off my shoulders, just admitting it to myself that yep. I knew that I couldn't do it um, and yeah, so it was a pretty tough call but it had to be done. What number knee is that? 2015. Yeah, so yeah. that was my last one. So you recovered from that and came back and had that fairy tale 
Murph finished actually it. kicked me the ball when that first incident occurred. Did he? Yeah. Lace yeah. out on the boundary line and yeah. I landed and hyper extended it. And uh, actually, so I was against St Kilda. Yeah. And I come back on and um, there was there got a bit of media about me coming back on after I'd already done it. And um, but I went in the rooms and, and spoke to the docs and they did the test and I, I knew it was gone when they told me and. I said, well, I don't know if I'll ever play another game of AFL football. Mm. And I said, as long as I can still run, I said, I want to go back out there. And um, I remember little Mitchy Honeychurch on the half forward flank. I got out and he said, oh, you're all right. I said, nah. <laughs> <laughs> I said, dumb me knee. Um, so you knew it was gone, but you wanted to actually not have that be the last yeah, moment on it. third one, I said, well, I don't know if I'll ever come yeah. back again. And because the muscles and that were so strong at the time coming back from it, it was still holding it together and I could still jog and change direction. So. They told me I couldn't do any further damage and that was good enough for me. I said, as long as I can run, I said, I'm, I'm going to enjoy football for a little bit longer. Well, you did, didn't you? Yeah. Two, you wouldn't have dreamt what happened in no, the end whatsoever. of 2016. I, was, I nearly gave up footy after my second. Yeah. Yeah, seriously considered it. So you come back, take us through September of 2016. You start, you play your first final at AFL level. Uh, then your mate, um, Daisy Walkinshaw, yeah. Yeah. Uh, is... Yeah. Injured in an accident in Darwin that yeah. subsequently took his life. And then you play in a preliminary final, play the game of your life, and then you win a premiership. Yeah, it was probably the biggest four-week roller coaster you've ever been on. Um, best four weeks of my life, apart from probably getting married, but just the pure enjoyment and the thrill of being in a team that we, what we did, um, I don't think it'll ever be matched. Like, just the footy we played and... Um, I think I'll sit down. I still haven't watched the final series back yet. You haven't? No. no not yet. You were pretty good. Uh, I did my part. Yeah, um, you did. But I think, yeah, I'll sit down in a couple of years, I think, and sit down and really enjoy it and look back at what we did. Eight goals, including four against GWS. That was as good a game as you could possibly play, I reckon. A lot of your guys, yeah. a lot of the blokes you played with, said that was the best game that they played in that finals campaign. Yeah, it was, and that, that was probably my best game of my career. And... Um, the hardest week to deal with um, because of Dale and I was on the piss a couple of nights that week and mm. just with a couple of mates and, and sort of saying goodbye and talking about the good times and um, yeah, I ended up coming out and playing a good game and I think he had a bit of a part to do with that. Like mm. He was looking down so it was good just in that regard. I, got, I won the, the man of the match, I got to watch and got his initials engraved on that so he's on yeah. there forever. It, um, you got his initials engraved somewhere else, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, he's got, he's got his initials on twice in my life. He's got it on the watch and he's got it on my right bum cheek. So, <laughs> What led to that? Um, went home. I was injured at the time. Surprise, surprise. And went back to Bansdale for a weekend to catch up with the boys and uh, called into his house. He, he finished work or he was not at work that day. Or, and we're sitting at the back chipping a golf ball in the backyard and then we set up a bucket and I think the first bet was for a slab or, or something it was and... 15, 20 minutes in, it was, no one was really getting close, and he said, let's up it. He said, tattoo. I was like, right, done. <laughs> and then um, I got close a few times, and he couldn't really hit a golf ball to save himself. And then he just hit this one pretty sweet, and it went straight in. And um, Yeah, I said, right, let's go down now. And he paid for it and got it within the next half an hour. So You wanted the promise. Yeah, honoured it. I yeah. said I would, yeah. and he would have as well. He's a bit of a thrill seeker, so he would have I want to show you one of my favourite images from football. I mean, Wayne Ludby's a brilliant photographer. There's another example of his work. That's the end of the game against GWS, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Now, tell us about, can you remember your emotions at the time? You've, you've played the game of your life, the doggies have won and they're in a grand final. 
and yet that's when you turned your mind back to your mate. I probably didn't celebrate that win whatsoever. It was more, I was, I was proud the way I played um, and the way we played and, and we got through, but um, the feeling after the game was, was pretty numb. I, um, yeah, it was just so hard to deal with. It was, mm. I was excited that we got through and I, like, I knew that I would get to enjoy that later on, but um, yeah, after that game it was more probably me just thinking of him. You're 20, you were 23, Daisy was 23. Yep. Accident in, in Darwin. You learnt about that before you played the third. second game of the finals? Yeah, third, yeah. so played the Hawthorne game. Yep. Sat down with a couple of mates the day after for breakfast and uh, they just told me that he'd been in an accident and he was in a coma and they thought he was going to be okay. Um, but, yeah, unfortunately, he ended up passing the Thursday, I think, before the... How were you before the, before the GWS game, given... Uh, the news oh, that the you Tuesday just... before, yeah. So um, it, that was a tough week. Um, I couldn't believe it happened. Um, he, he was always the one growing up. That was the way he lived his life. He was always sort of on the edge and prankster and made us all laugh. And um, that's what we loved him for. And um, but I never thought I'd have to say goodbye to one of my mates at that young ever. Mm. You hear of it? You hear of people tell you that it, it happens and. And you see car accidents on the TV and you see people do this and do that and you probably never think it's going to happen to you or someone close, but after that, it hits home. It did, but then you've got to play a game of footy, don't you? I mean, were you, were you emotional before the game? Yeah, they're pretty emotional in the rooms. Putting the armband on, um, just sitting probably in my own space thinking, trying to keep my mind on footy, but it probably wasn't. Um, but I always said, they, they gave me the option whether I wanted to play that week or not. And I said, there's no way I'd miss it. He wouldn't want me to miss it. I didn't want to miss it. But footy was, it's a bit like an escape because it takes up so much of your energy and your focus once you do cross the line and that whistle, once the ball's in front of you, mm. you don't think about anything else. So I never did anyway. Now, Tuesday of grand final week is the funeral. Yep. You go back to Bensdale yep. and you're one of the speakers at the funeral. Yep. That must have been difficult. I mean, you, you take us back to when you've, you spoke to Bevo, obviously, and told him that you were yeah. going to go back. Yeah, so I, I informed them of when it was going to be and um, they had no dramas with me going back. They just wanted the best for me and, and for my head and to do the right thing by him and, and for me. So they ended up actually organising a, a chopper back to Bansdale, mm. being grand final week, not spending seven hours in a car and a round trip. So um, I thank them for that. Yeah, that was tough. Sarah, partner, come back with me. Um, did that, went up to the wake and then flew back up here and, and was at training Tuesday afternoon. You and he were mates from Bairnsdale. From how far back did you go? Oh, right back to the start of high school. Hmm. Yeah. Were you wild? Oh, get man in together and we were a little bit. Um, yeah. yeah, we sort of got in a bit of mischief like most teenage kids growing up. I love the bit of mischief that footballers say. What does that mean? <laughs> oh, we probably did a few different stupid things, drank a few too many drinks, and um, but we always had a laugh and always looked after each other. And I think that's sort of growing up in the country, going out in paddocks, driving bomb cars, shooting shooting guns, swimming in the river, riding, jumping off bridges, doing things that <laughs> that a lot of people probably don't do growing up in the city. But um, I loved the life that I grew up, and yeah, he was probably he was a big part of it, and and he made us all laugh. He mm. did. Mm. So grand final night. The club's won a second flag in its history. 
massive sense of joy and relief for the entire Western Bulldog community. Were you able to celebrate it? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the best part after post-grand final was us going back out on the ground. We, they let us back out on the ground about, oh, I don't know, half hour, 45 minutes later. It was just us. All, everyone had vacated. There were still all the streamers on the ground and we were able to get photos and it was just us as a team pretty much out there and that, that was pretty special. Mm. Um, but then it, it sort of drags out a little bit and you go back and on a bus, sit down and um, all our families and that were there and but you sort of on stage you get all your things and um, so it, it sort of draws out but then we got to go and have a drink and sort of just get to get around each other and probably talk about how good it was. So what's, what happens from here with someone as energetic as you are and as committed to sport as you are and it's suddenly taken away from you, what do you do? It's probably been the biggest adjustment of my life. Um, I love a challenge, I'm a competitor, um, I've grown up that way since I can remember and, and having that side of my life taken away from me has been pretty hard. Um, tried to play one game of basketball and pulled up, that's all that I could hardly walk the next day and that was just jogging around and not even having, like not having a dip. I've taken up boxing now. Yeah. So <laughs> but you've got to be pretty good on your feet to box. Yeah, I so shorter movements and stuff like that. Um, I probably don't move as well as some of the others. I just went down and seen um, Gareth, one of the coaches down at the gym in Yarraville was doing a few sessions and he just said, oh, we've got a challenge fight coming up June 21st next month at the yep. pavilion. So hopefully we can get a few down there and hopefully I don't get knocked out. Okay, no helmets. <laughs> no helmets. Just two Mum, blokes. Mum's going to kill me when she finds that out. <laughs> <In the laughs> she doesn't art, know yeah. yet. <laughs> I wonder, can you tell me what's wrong with, with the bad knee? What, what can't you do? I mean, you can ride a bike, you can walk, and you're, yeah. you've got a physical job. Yeah, yeah. job's physical. Um, still fixing now, building the new metro tunnel. And, um, but... Anything probably quicker than a jog is gets uncomfortable, like really sharp pains. Yep. Um, there's not a whole lot of cartilage, I don't think, left in there. Change of direction is probably a no-go. Um, it's just, I think, it's she's worn and torn from what I put her through, mm. but she got me through a lot, so... Yeah. yeah. Well, Robert Murphy, or Bobby as we now know him, was asked a question on radio after your retirement... He was asked whose career he would prefer, his own, 312 games and no flags, or Clay Smith's, 55 games, three knee operations and one flag. If you were asked the same question, what would the answer be? I'd probably stay with my own. I'd, I wouldn't change what, ha what has happened to me in my life. I probably would have early on, after one or two, but probably turn me into a better person. Um, I'll learn a lot, been through a lot, probably been through more than... You probably should. I never wish that upon anyone, but mm. probably made me grow up and appreciate things more. I appreciated football a whole lot more. When I come back and played after each knee, I sort of really, really enjoyed and loved the experience of being back out there. Mm. So I probably got to enjoy things more in life and appreciate things more. So, yeah, it helped me grow up and I got to win a flag. Yeah. Do you, are you happy with your, with your adornments? Yeah, yeah. I, I love tattoos and... Yeah. Um, my missus, not so much. She's told me I can't get any more on my other arm. That's got to stay clean. But I don't think the role models sort of helped us. Mum's got a few. Dad's got a few. My older brother's covered. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yeah, there's a few in the family. But, no, I do, I do enjoy them. I like there was them. one that was peeking out before from under your top button. Yeah. Um, that one's got live the dream right across my chest. Live the dream. And yeah. that was... When did you get that? 18. Before footy started. Before footy yeah. started. And you did? Yeah. Didn't you? Yeah, I did. So five years later, you could look down at that and say, well, <laughs> yeah. it's happened. Yeah, I think a few people have said that over the journey. Yeah. I said, you are living the dream. I said, yeah.
Are you going to end up like Dane Beams? Or? I don't think I'll ever be that covered. Yeah. Um, but I'll add a few more. Me and my partner, we sort of get a couple of little ones. We get matching every time we travel overseas. Yeah. We always get some little memento, so um, there'll be a few more of those added hopefully over the journey. gets lost in this story about losing your, your best mate and the three knee recos is your ability to play this game. I mean, you, you were the Bulldogs' first choice in the 2000, 2011 National Draft. You get to, to Footscray and they give you Kellen Ward's old jumper. Yeah. Now, I don't know if you appreciated the significance of that, did you? Um, oh, I think I got told pretty quick they replaced one cement head with another. <laughs> <laughs> I got told that pretty quick. Will Minson, Murph, Boydie. Yeah. yeah. But... Um, I don't think it really would have mattered what number you give me. Um, I love being there. That was, I can't thank that club enough for what they've done for me and they gave me a chance. That's your first goal up there. I went off it halfway through the third quarter of that game with a full body cramp. Well, that's funny. You play your first game at round one, 2012 yeah. 12, West against Coast. West Coast. Yeah. Kick four yeah. and then you couldn't complete the match. Yeah, yeah no, that was... Uh, well, hadn't you you'd done this, the uh, full training, hadn't you? Oh yeah, I was I was fit. I was always one of the top runners, and um, was always. But just different, I'd say, just exertion of energy in first game. I think I would have sprinted around everywhere with like a yeah, and adrenaline. with its head cut off, and yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, got on the end of a few snags. And but yeah, no, I went off. I, at half time, I was starting to cramp my calves, my hammies, my quads, and oh, I had salt and vinegar chips and. Trying to get massages. Yeah, and, did you? Yeah, trying to try everything. Got back out there and yeah, I hobbled off. And I think Jared Grant. They thought that he was getting booed when he got subbed on because I got subbed off, and they didn't understand why. But yeah. I actually couldn't. You, yeah. you were spent. Yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, that no, that was a great day. That I remember that. I tell you what, you were good at. You were good at a lot of things, but you could tackle. Didn't mind to tackle. Yeah. I think I got that from me from my dad and and mum's side of the family. They grew up country New South Wales and. Yeah. And played rugby. Mum's brothers and dad played rugby their whole life, so um, I get told that they weren't too bad. And a couple of mum's uncles were pretty good at pretty good at league. So um, I've always been the smaller one. I always played up in age group when I was growing up, and mm -hmm. I sort of had to find my own feet. Otherwise, I'd, I'd be on the receiving end. So it was something I always loved in the schoolyard and and when I was playing footy. So 2006 finals campaign. You played all four games, won them all. Kicked eight goals and laid 38 tackles. Coaches love blokes who tackle, don't they? <laughs> I think they like they like yeah. tackles more than they like goals, actually. Yeah, well, I probably wasn't one to to rack up your 30 touches and and do all the fancy stuff. But um, I think the reason I was in the team was for pressure and and physical attributes and and tackling and stuff like that. So I never really marked my game on touches and that. It was more more the tackling side, mm -hmm. the competitive side and physical side of the game that. I would rate my game on and, and try to implement for the side. What do you think happened in 17 and 18 at the Bulldogs after the, the, um, the triumph of 2016? I, th I think it was probably like we probably did win it out of turn, but we were the better footy side at the end of that year. We played probably the best footy that 
we've played those four weeks. Mm. We couldn't have played much better. That was to be a part of the way we we just joined together. Like that was special. So I think that. But we probably had a few key injuries in the later year and a little bit of confidence, um, which goes a long way in footy these days. Mm. Like you've seen probably nowadays, some of the younger sides just once you get confidence and and you have belief in who you're playing for and with and the way that you want to play it. You can almost beat anyone, and um, to you got to win a flag, you got to win games of footy. So, how, how was your relationship with Bevo? I had a great relationship with Bevo. Bevo's probably the best coach I had. He always got the best out of people. He knew how to handle me. I guess he knew me for my uh, 100% sort of side of life, and mm. always did flat out. And a couple of times I probably overstepped the mark, but um, he would always tell me, like he he would tell me, you know where the line is. He's like, and. If you want to have a few beers, you can have a few beers. But did, did, you're, yeah. you're different to some people. Some people after a game might not have a few. But he's, he just treated people as they were. Like each person was different. Yeah. yeah. What's um, it, what was a few beers for you? Oh, if I just wanted to go out and have six or eight beers after a game, like bearing I wasn't injured or anything. But yeah. if I just wanted to go and let my hair down or or do something like that, like that was okay. But I guess to Bevo, like he he knew how to, knew how to get the best out of me. Um, and I respected that and he respected me and as long as we were doing the right things and we, we get along really well so um, and he always was compassionate towards me through injury and always had my back back my ability even when he first got there I remember going out for brunch with him um, and he sat down and said you're in our best 22 he said when you're back you'll play um, so even just that just the confidence he gave me as soon as he got there so when you came back from Perth at the end of the Home and Away series in 2016, what were your expectations for September? Mine were that you'd run your race. It had been yeah. a pretty good season, but you were done. Well, I think everyone thought we'd run our race. We lost the Freo pretty convincingly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we probably we we, need, we needed that break. I think we played we played a pretty competitive style mm. of footy, contested footy, outnumbering. Um, we were missing a few players and. Um, that that week break helped us, but people say that no, oh, it's different in most years. But that was a fixture. We didn't write the fixture at the start of the year. I think we finished seventh. We were playing West Coast, which was probably the hottest team in the comp. Mm. So that was our sole sole focus for that week. And we had a really good week on the track, and it was positive. And I think we re- reviewed videos of the things we did really well um, from during the year, and um, sort of focused on the main things that we were good at. And, that's what we wanted to take into the game. That for our game was wiped from our memory. Like it didn't matter. We were still playing finals, it, it, so that that was just cleared. And it was just more. This is what we're good at. This is what we can do. Let's just give it a crack. So, I actually remember being in the rooms before that West Coast game, um, and the feeling that we weren't going to lose. But mm. it, like honestly, like, I remember just being pumped up before the game. Everyone was focused. Everyone was ready to go. And the start of that game we'd come out and jumped them. Who did you most enjoy playing with or most enjoy being out there with in red, white and blue? Probably Liver. Yeah? Yeah. Me and him have got a really great relationship. Still catch up with him often. He's pretty similar to me. He likes to probably live life on the edge. And <laughs> um, But he, he's the same on the field, I guess. He's, he's that teammate you, you stand taller with. He's got that aggression. He sticks up for you no matter what. He's a bit of a shit talker and yeah. likes to have a laugh, but that's like... He would do that with the same like he has a laugh with anyone. So did he lose his way a bit? He did. Yeah, mm. yeah. But could you see that? Could you? Yeah, see and that I think happening? he knew that as well. And and 
he's gone out and done the right thing and got himself back on track and he's back playing good footy and he's he's happy off the field and it's probably reflecting his footy on the field and it's probably a big part of a lot of people but you're going to go through highs and lows and he won the best and fairest and then he's had two near recos mm. and probably went down a track he didn't need to go down and got himself out and and thankfully he did because we love him at the club and he makes our footy club a better place and now he's playing some good footy and we're winning footy again, so, yeah. Two blokes, I think they're my favourites, um, Dale Morris and Marcus Bonampelli. Bonampelli's a, um, he's a Rolls Royce, isn't he's he? He's a superstar. Yeah. He's as good as you get. Yeah. You'd see him walk in, pick up a football with one hand and slide it between that hand and another and sidestep someone and lay someone out. Yeah. He's a he's a special player and oh, he'll be one of the greats of the club. I have no doubt. Um, the most professional, one of the most professional I've seen. Um, good bloke all round. Great family. Mm. Um, yeah. What he's, about Dale? He's a person you want at your club. Dale. Yeah, sure. Yeah, Dale is <laughs> he's remarkable. He's me and him were really close, probably because of injuries. Um, we got to know each other really well, but. He is the most genuinely nice bloke you'll ever meet. He's, he'll do anything for anyone. He'll never have a frown on his face ever. Um, he'll never complain. He broke his leg and he'll probably come off and still ask you if you want something. <laughs> um, but we used to have a joke. We always try and get back on the track together and we'd smile and have a kick and do a warm-up. Um, and then he'd come back into rehab or something and I'd be there and we'd meet again. So, um, yeah, we spent a whole lot of time together, but we really bounced off each other. He got me through a lot of dark days and I think I sort of helped him get through some but we really enjoyed being around each other. What was your, what, you mentioned dark days, what was the darkest period for you? Um, finishing was, was hard but I reckon probably after my second, second was probably the hardest. Um, just but coming back because my first one was my first ever real injury that I missed football with. Mm. Um, it was a shock, I was upset. But I had focus. I still had a few years on my contract. I was young, but not knowing I was ever going to do any more. So it was get back in, get it right, and I was strong and I was ready to go and I come back. And But then it was, yeah, three or four games later and I did it again and it was like, shit. There's uh, the song for your last game. That was against Brisbane, wasn't it? Yeah. You didn't know it at the time, did you? Nope. I think, like I was saying earlier, I sort of learned to appreciate football a whole lot more and I enjoyed a lot of the games I played after, thinking that I'd ever win a premiership after mm. three knees, that was never in my mind. And mm. to get the run that I did, it was the most games I'd put together in a row after any knee yeah. the year of the grand final. With 13? 13 yeah. in yeah. a row, yeah. yeah. And I'd only ever put together four at the most after any knee. Wow. So to think that I could do that after those and get that pure enjoyment and that, that top accolade of football as a team... Um, yeah, I, I just enjoyed playing football. One more visit, one more return visit to Grand Final Day 16. I reckon, unusually, I reckon there were four or five blokes who could have won the Norm Smith yeah. that year. Uh, I probably, immediately the, the game was finished, I probably would have gone for Dale Morris. Yeah. Who, would you, who do you think should have won the Norm Smith? Johannesson won it. Johannesson, I thought Boyd. Uh, Boyd was uh, Wayne Carey Liam, said Boyd was best. I thought I thought his game was outstanding. Yeah, but Liam Picken, yeah, of his final series, he's he is a legend. Um, I love the way he plays his footy, and I, I, he 
had a fair chunk to do with what we did that day. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't be the judge. I couldn't tell you. I, I don't think... It's a great accolade to have probably later in your life, but I don't think anyone would have cared who won it. We, got a, we all got a medal. And, mm. um, but, yeah, those, those four, you could toss it up between anyone and I couldn't give you one. In the words of the great Bobby Murphy, Clay, he says you are a heart with arms and legs. And I think that sums you up perfectly. I feel sorry for you that you've been robbed of probably 60% of uh, your football career, but you do have what a lot of people yearn for, and that's a flag. And I admire your courage and the way you've got through the three big knees. Well Thank done. you very much. Thanks, Mike. This has been a Fox Sports production.